0: We are nearing the end of our time in those Ten Commandments, the Ten Words in Exodus 20. Again, we find them in Deuteronomy 5. Next week we'll wrap up uh, our time there and continue through uh, Exodus. And I, I trust, I pray that this examination of the Ten Commandments has been as edifying uh, for you as it has been for me to consider the Mosaic Law, the Old Testament Law, uh, just how important that is uh, for us today. If we want to know the heart of our God, if we want to know what He values, what is expected of us in relationship to Him, in relationship to the person who's sitting right next to you, then we need uh, this gracious law to turn to His law. Uh, remembering that the law won't save us. The law has no power to save us. Uh, I think th- those who are attempting have attempted to to keep the law, to get on God's good side, to earn enough merit badges so they might stroll into heaven apart from faith in Christ. They'll hear on that day, depart from me, for I never knew you. Your law keeping was for yourself and your own standard, not for me. So we look into the law now as those living on this side of the life of Christ and His death and resurrection he is the one we look to. The only one who has fulfilled the law of love. Love for God, love for neighbor perfectly. Uh, we'll see that again this morning. as We look at the ninth uh, commandment. Here's the law of our God in Exodus 20. God spoke all these words saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt on the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. This is the word of our God that endures through the ages. Let's pray together. Lord God, we do thank you for this word. That You have chosen to give to us. Your very heart to us. We might live in a covenant relationship with You. Lord, thank You for this grace. It is a grace that shows us our sin and our need for the perfect law keeper. And it is through Him, through the Lord Jesus, that we come. Thanking You for this word. Asking You, Lord, to teach us, to mold us more into the likeness of our Savior. Lord, it is Your Word that will accomplish all that You have purposed. We pray that You would do that now in our hearts, in our minds. May that which is said be faithful, block out that which is unhelpful. Help us, Holy Spirit, in applying Your Word. We ask in Jesus' name, Amen. At the start of a new year, uh, my wife and I were considering what trips we might want to take as a family in this year. And as we were thinking about that, my mind was was going to uh, our vehicle and whether our minivan could make the trips um, throughout the year and what might be necessary when it comes to maintenance and so forth. Plenty of maintenance that could be done in the minivan. And uh, so you know, envision this scenario where driving the van, or most likely Katie is driving the van, and coming to a stop at Brockington in 107, and there's a squeal and sort of this pulsing in the brake pedal. I go Okay, there's a problem here, we need to take this in. So I take the van to discount tire and brake down here in 107, and, and uh, they call me and say, yeah, there's a little bit of rust on your, on your rotors we got it taken care of. Go back, pick it up, and then the next day, Katie's coming to a stop, and there's a thud, and the brake pedal goes all the way to the floor. (laughs) Problem. Um, Envision this, yeah. And so I I take the van back. They they said, well, Mr. DeVries, we didn't want to alarm you. We didn't want to cause undue expense or stress, but there was a big crack in the brake line, and... And that right rear brake pad that's no longer there, it was paper thin. Now the rest of that conversation is going to be a real test in grace and patience, right? Guys, I'm losing enough hair as it is. Okay, you need to tell me the truth about what's happening with this vehicle. Okay, when it comes to, to things that really matter to us, things that are important that need to be shared, we need the truth we expect the truth okay whether it's from a local mechanic or the doctor at your last appointment we need those individuals who are responsible to us who love us enough to tell the truth we need to be those individuals who will speak the truth even when it may be painful to hear at times so does this always happen is it easy for us you know, to share the truth in all circumstances. Of course not, which is why we have a, a command like this. It's not easy or natural for us to always be truthful. Um, not want to, to bend the truth or just flat out lie at times. Now, is there a time to, to be untruthful in a way that may actually honor the Lord? Yes, I think there are those times. We'll talk a little bit more about that. But why do we really need this word? What does it say about us? And it's important to note, as we look at this command, it's not speaking directly to the importance of truth. Okay, it's captured in this command. We're going, to take, we're going to talk a lot about speaking truthfully this morning. But the command deals specifically with not speaking falsely in order to harm someone else. Okay, the false witness, the, the lie is intended to be harmful. Tended to, to be deceptive, like the children heard here in First Kings 21. And that, that really is a, a huge problem within any system of justice. You know, the picture here is, is a courtroom scene where there are witnesses testifying against someone. And that may be a little harder for us to kind of envision. Some of us have been in a courtroom uh, setting, but many of us haven't, where there's been an actual. Um, Case and, and witnesses are brought forward, and the expectation is, if the, the justice system is trustworthy at all, that these witnesses will tell the truth. that their words mean something and will have an effect on the judgments that are going forward. I mean you may have seen this, heard this where your hand is placed on the Bible, they say, you know, do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? Usually, so help you God after that? I mean, that's a profound statement, especially in our time, because it's acknowledging it's something. It's acknowledging that the truth actually exists. That what this person says, with you know, the one with their hand on the Bible, that's not made up. But it's, it's truth for the rest of us to rest in that courtroom uh, to believe. It's critical for any reliable system of justice. It's kind of, kind of curious that the hand is placed on the Bible, the very source of truth. I can't help but think if we believe the truth contained in the Bible underneath that hand, how we would slowly eliminate the need to testify to the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So in the previous commands, uh, God has shared the the value that He places on life, the value He places on marriage, uh, sexual purity, and on property. If those things are to be guarded and protected, then justice must be uh, administered fairly. Truth must be told. The society is going to live uh, at peace. I think of the wise King Solomon Pray to God that justice would prevail during his reign. He said, give the king your justice, O God, and your righteousness to the royal son. May he judge your people with righteousness and your poor with justice. Let the mountains bear prosperity for the people and the hills in righteousness. We need this word for a reliable, honest system of justice. But we need it for something that goes even deeper than this. This command shows us that we have a very hard time being honest. We are not inherently trustworthy in our sinful condition. Lying in some form, believing lies, it comes easily for us. Even those who have been transformed by the Spirit of Christ struggle and will continue to struggle with truthfulness. Truthfulness. You and I are made in God's image. But after the curse and rebellion in Genesis 3, we're stained by, by characteristics and tendencies of the evil one. Lying is a part of Satan's image. He's a liar and the father of lies, the Apostle John tells us. Whereas the Bible also tells us that God and His holy character cannot lie. Numbers 23, 19, a good example of this. So lies, lies run deep. And even if we're not overtly making things up in a courtroom you know, to try and take revenge or something like that, we, we love those tasty morsels of gossip. Slander, maybe half-truths or exaggerations. We love them so much because so subtly it enables us to keep control. You know, If someone else is discredited, if, if someone else is discolored a little bit, well, then that protects us. You know, we can lie out of fear. We can lie out of revenge. We can lie out of contempt. But most often, our lies come from pride and self-protection. And if we can exaggerate, gossip just a little bit, so it makes us look a little bit better, then... We deceive deceive others, but we deceive ourselves. The truth is not in us. So we need to be changed. We need to be changed by the grace of God. Because apart from the work of God in us, we are perpetual and very comfortable liars. Think of his letter to the Ephesian church. Paul's encouraging them to walk in newness of life. That's now theirs as... United to Christ, in chapter 4, having put away falsehood, let each of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Think of how our God values honesty, truthfulness, that's willing to make sacrifices for a neighbor and not just throw them under the bus in order to protect ourselves. So can you and I do this? I hope it's pretty obvious by now that we can't. But our Savior can. Jesus has. Jesus is the true and faithful witness. All the words of Jesus, all the works of Jesus given to him by God the Father, which means that the testimony of Jesus is the truth of the Father. And we're bound to Christ in faith. He speaks for us, He testifies for us in the presence of the Father. I hope that encourages you. I hope it gives you great hope, because the day is coming when all, all liars and all false witnesses that they'll all be brought to account. Jesus is the righteous judge. He will, he will bear true witness before the Father, on behalf of his own, on behalf of all those who are falsely accused, slandered, condemned, murdered because of His name. He's the righteous one. He knows what it means to be accused by false witnesses. His followers will know the injustice. False accusation. Stephen comes to mind, one of the first examples of this in Acts chapter 7. Paul is always writing, it seems, in the context of accusation against him. So many of the martyrs, up until. The present day, falsely accused, with a specific intention by the accuser to bring harm, to silence the message of the gospel. Just long for that day. Long for that day when the true witness will stand. For our brothers and sisters, the court of heaven, bring justice for all. You start to hear the cry of the psalmist, it becomes your own. Lord, bring your justice. Crush those who, who stand against you. It's not, this isn't personal revenge. This is the cry of God's people, the longing for justice. You know, I think of it's been percolating in my mind these last couple of days Have we've seen just heinous legislation passed in New York City. I mean, it's been, it's been the rule of the land for a long time. But now it is celebrated. Think of, of Romans 1, you know, the unrighteous, suppressing the truth and their unrighteousness. And Lord, hands them over to a debased mind to do these things. This is the judgment of God. We pray that His justice would reign. We long for that day. My friends, if that justice is going to be favorable for you in any way, like like eternally favorable, you must believe, put your trust in in the finished work of Christ on your behalf. Our God is a holy and righteous and just. Every thought, every word that you said, He knows. Nothing escapes Him. Nothing. You'll stand before Him. Who do you want to stand for you as the witness, testifying in court on your behalf? Who do you want speaking for you it could be you. you know, you'll, you'll be your own witness. You stand there with, with your plate of, of good things before God or the bad things that you haven't done before God and say, here it is, Lord. Here's the proof. Yikes. For The wages of sin is death. He who breathes out lies will not escape. It says twice in Proverbs 19. Let me tell you, you don't want me speaking for you. I don't know what I've said this morning already. That's probably not, you know, it's can't do that for you. Who's going to testify? Second half of Romans 6. It's just a sweet balm. It's blessed hope. Should fill us with joy. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. He is our witness. He stands before the Father. Just as he stood for Stephen while his accusers destroyed his body, He who knew no sin became sin for us. He became the lies. He became the gossip, the slander, the exaggeration, so that you and I could be set free from this, declared free in the court of our God. So Jesus is the true and faithful witness. He frees us from, from lies, He frees us from the need to lie. If gossip and slander and deception is, is a way to rescue and protect ourselves, then Christ frees us from this, from the need to do this. He's rescued us. We're protected in Him. We don't, we don't slander. He, he's not the one. He will never slander or discolor our reputation. Think of the, the Father has placed His name upon us in Christ. We can give thanks to God for this. Praise Him for this. Spirit of truth convicting us of our own deception and falsehood while at the same time assuring us that we're not orphans. We're not to fend for ourselves. That's what enables us to speak truthfully. So can we be more specific on what obedience to this command looks like? I think we can. I'll keep it under two categories A witness in words. A witness to Christ and His Word and the use of our own words. Um, I think of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of Christ is available to all believers through the Scriptures. we, We hold. We hold the truth. We testify to the truth that God has given to us. The Spirit enables us to to see and believe this truth that we hold. so We bear witness to the Word. This is where, where we find the truth of what God has, has done. The truth that you need, that I need, that our neighbors need. In the Old Testament, there were several things that, that would bear witness to uh, the living God. The, the, the tabernacle itself in the wilderness. Also known as the tent of meeting because it was there that one could go to meet with God and counter his word. Words we read this morning, the Ten Commandments. Present in the tent of meeting to bear witness to the living God. So today we don't have the tent or or the tablets or an ark of, of the covenant to bear witness to God. We have the word. The Spirit working through that word. So do you want to meet with God? Do you want a true testimony of who He is? What He has done? Then go to His Word. Scriptures fulfill God's witness. The testimony. So we join our testimony to Christ, His saving power. We join this with others in the church as a witness to this Word. As one body, as one family in Christ. We are a community of Witnesses. So as you testify to God's love and mercy in your life, then the one next to you hears that and is encouraged by that. And then they can share and look at what, look at what happened in Claudia's life. And Claudia is able to say, well, look, listen to what I heard for Ray Bell and what the Lord has done there. And that is shared among the community. That, that testimony grows, that witness grows. And then as, as a body, our faith is strengthened. As we bear witness to the Lord's goodness. I hope it's clear as we walk through this that this is something, a faithfulness to Christ and to His Word, not just something that we do. It's really some, a part of who we are. We are redeemed by the blood of Christ. We are His bride, His church in the world. By our very existence as children of the King, we bear witness. We can live as joyful witnesses in our everyday existence because Jesus is our witness before the Father. That's the only way. The only way we're going to seek truth or fight for the truth is when we are resting in the one who is truth himself. So we witness the truth of God's word by who we are, the words that we share. So I want to focus on words for just a minute. The aim of this command is to safeguard and protect you know, the names of, of brothers and sisters, our neighbor, okay, not to tear them down, not to, to damage their reputation, discolor them. Um, reputations are so easily stolen, but very, very difficult to get back. Um, so we must be careful with our words. I mean, we, we know that that old cliche. That maybe they don't even use it anymore. But sticks and stones can break my bones, but words can never hurt me. Okay, don't buy that rhyme—not for a moment. Words penetrate deeply. The scars will remain much longer than the sticks and stones will. So we need to think about our words. If we're really going to do battle against deception and gossip and lying. Cross that I handed to the children. It's tacked up in my office. Think, if you want, I've got plenty of extras if you want one, but think before we speak. And there's so many of my words that you know, don't fit that criteria. It may not fit them all, all the time, but it's helpful to keep that before us, to be reminded that there's appropriate use of our words. Our words help shape our love for each other. Listen to the characteristics of, of love that Paul uses in 1 Corinthians 13. And how many of these will utilize words uh, or express through words. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. Love is not arrogant or rude. Love does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. Love does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. I mean, Did you hear the juicy stuff of gossip behind that? We'd much rather rejoice, take inner delight in the bad stuff we hear, than rejoice over and spread uh, the good. Um, False witness in the form of of gossip, big problem. Um, We we think we need to know everything. Uh, Social media platforms just help feed this. And so we're quick to share everything that we think we know. And oftentimes it's true. I mean, gossip is, is mostly true stuff, but the problem is that it's shared in the context of slander, or usually behind the back of the person that's being talked about. So we need to be careful with this. This is the deceitful, false witness before the eyes of God. You know, a great way to, to start gossip or keep gossip going is to say, I probably shouldn't say this, but. Probably shouldn't say this, but we're we're going to say it anyway. Um, so we need we need to keep keep that acrostic in mind. Does this person need to hear this? Or am I really just trying to, to build myself up, justify myself in some way? Think before we speak. Not say whatever we think. Um, I know how challenging this is. I you know I can can shoot out whatever I'm thinking on Facebook or Instagram or or text it, or a blog post, or something. And say, well, yeah, this is America. We have the right to do that. Right? We can, can say whatever we want. And we do. We can say whatever we want to. Um, but if you want any sort of credibility from those whose credibility is worth having, then you won't do this. Um, you'll think before speaking, responding, before typing. Um, Carl Truman Pastor, theologian, I thought he said this well. Do not be confused. The right to speak belongs to all. The right to be heard must be earned. The right to speak belongs to all. The right to be heard must be earned. Now, is there ever a time when speaking truthfully could be harmful? Uh, the answer, of course, is yes, there is. Um, there is the, the lie of necessity, we'll call it to be used on very rare occasions in dire circumstances. A clear example of this is you know, the hiding of the Jews during uh, World War II and then the Nazi troops would come to a home say, Are you hiding anyone here? Anyone come talk to you? No. No, there isn't. Um, because it would be telling the truth in that case would have been not loving of neighbor, it would have been handing over those that were trying to help to their death. So, false witness intends to bring harm a lie of necessity is used to protect and in some cases again it's rare it's it really is the most loving thing that can be done think of Rahab Joshua chapter 2 She tells this sort of a lie and she's commended for it later are you housing these spies you know yeah yes king they, they went that way when she knew full well they went lie of necessity for our neighbors Um, may be a rare option it does not violate the intent of the ninth commandment Um, i think sometimes we tell funny lies you know could be argued or these are lies at all there's no intention to deceive them you know if it's it's an untruth that's expected to be untrue you know i probably use this more than i should Um, i mean you're my kids sort of go cross-eyed and, you know, you better, you better stop doing that, going cross-eyed. Your eyes are going to stay like that. <laughs> well, have I just lied? Well, I've spoken untruth in jest. We know it's not true. And depending on the age and maturity of your kids, you should probably think about this. Um, we need to be careful about even that type of joking, right? not intended to deceive or bring harm to those who hear it, but it can create distrust. So our witness to Christ, the words that we use are powerful. requires discernment on on when and how to speak. And this is wisdom that we pray for. We lean upon the Holy Spirit to provide for us. As image bearers of God, we must value honesty, seek to guard the well-being of His name of the name of our neighbors lying gossip slander it bears the image of satan we must we must resist this the glory of god the power of the true faithful witness that is ours let's pray together lord we need your help every moment of every day in fulfilling not just this word but all of your word to us and we're grateful that there is one who stands for us In the courtroom of heaven, and it is our King, our Lord, our Savior, our closest friend, the Lord Jesus. We thank you for the true and faithful witness that all false accusations, all false witness and deception, it will all be made right before the courtroom of your justice. Lord, we long for that day. We thank you for the mercy that's been extended to us. Lord, help us as we go from this place to be men and women, boys and girls, who, who speak the truth, who are inclined to truthfulness and not deception. We pray this in Christ's name, for His sake. Amen.